Welcome to Booked, the Warmed and Bound Sessions. I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snedden. Warmed and Bound is an anthology published by Velvet Press, consisting of just under 40 short stories, all by authors who are members of or involved in The Velvet, an online community of authors and fans of the trio Will Christopher Bayer, Craig Clevenger, and Stephen Graham Jones. Warmed and Bound will be released on July 22nd. Among the Warmed and Bound authors is Sean P. Ferguson. Sean is an EMT and a PST for the state of New Jersey. In his off time, he reads and writes all he can. His work has been published in literary journals Cellar Door and in Colored Chalk. Uh, he's currently working on a novel, a number of short stories, and reviews. You can follow him at seanpferguson.com. Sean was nice enough to join us for an interview. Uh, Sean, thanks for coming on the show. It's really great to have you. Oh, it's great to be had. <laughs> uh to start out with, um, could you just tell us a little bit about uh, your story, Inside Out, and what it's about? Um, I had just um, gotten done reading Tell All by uh, Chuck Palahniuk, who, uh, who's the sole reason why I've gotten into reading and writing, I suppose. And um, I thought that I could do a lot better in um, a much shorter uh, amount of space. Uh, So I tried it. It's not an exact replica of the book, I hope, because I hope it's entertaining and well-written. But it's essentially uh, about this guy who uh, achieves celebrity-dumb or celebrity-hood through um, unsavory means and um, then um, there's there's a little bit of an M. Night Shyamalan twist at the end I hope that kind of catches the reader by surprise great yeah that's 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 about that's about the gist of that one so tell us a little bit about why you write I work two very stressful jobs that um drive me insane. I love them both for relatively similar reasons. However, they are stressful and I don't have the money for uh, the best therapy in the world. So, uh, writing is my outlet. I have uh, a lot of issues that I'd like to work out and and deal with, so I try and uh, work a as much of that into my writing as I possibly can just to kind of get it out of me. So Warmed and Bound uh, is an anthology that's a product of The Velvet, which is an online community that began as kind of a fan site for Will Christopher Bear, Craig Clevenger, and Stephen Graham Jones. Um, What is your history with The Velvet? Um, (laughs) it, it, um, it basically started with a slideshow that uh, is lovingly referred to as the Down Periscope Project. Uh, Essentially what happened was uh, I worked in a video store as a young Ferg, and part of the allure of working there was that we got to take movies home at the end of our shift that weren't like the movies that came out that week or whatever. So if nothing good was in that was relatively new, there was a bank of movies that we, we hit uh, pretty regularly um, anything that had Adam Sandler in it was a good choice um, Half Baked was in there um, Friday uh, 
Night at the Roxbury, this was like young Will Ferrell, just to kind of date myself a little bit. Hmm. And on for whatever reason, I'm going to get slaughtered for this. For whatever reason, uh, Down Periscope was in, in that list also. I didn't think it was all that funny. However, we we got it quite a bit. So after a really long shift of dealing with less than savory individuals, we uh, decided to once again get down Periscope, and finally I had had enough, and I said, and I quote, I don't know why we get that movie. It's not that good. <laughs> well, you would have thought that I had stepped on somebody's dog or punched their mom in the face <laughs> because the backlash has gone on for years i still hear about it to this day friends will look at me and say i don't know why i'm arguing with you about this you're the guy that hates down periscope i never said i hated it i just said it wasn't that good so one day i was having this argument with a friend and again, he had said the pretty much the same thing. I don't know why we're even discussing this. I don't know why I'm talking to you. You don't like Down Periscope. And I said, you know what? I'll show you how much I don't like Down Periscope. I got a copy of the movie. Uh, I put it in a toilet. And I staged, I staged um, numerous pictures uh, of me pooping on the movie, including pictures of my actual poop on the movie <laughs> and then um and then i put them online i had a, a website at the time it was called fancy pants incorporated uh the title was inspired by a line in the movie uh army of darkness and um we had reviews and blogs and and whatever for music and and books and movies and and so on and so forth and i had just gotten into Polonic, I had read uh, Fight Club, and I had this was right when Lullaby had just come out so I had read Fight Club, and I read Lullaby and Survivor and uh, when he was on the Lullaby tour he was pushing the Contortionist Handbook uh, in a number of interviews, he had said how, how good the Contortionist Handbook was and it was I think the best book he had read in five years maybe it was ten years or, or it was it was something really nice like that mm -hmm. um, so I I had become a member of the cult he had said that and I was like oh Jesus I gotta read the contortionist handbook if it's the best thing he's ever read and this was you know before diary and guts had come out and so you know I was still thinking that this was the man to listen to so read the contortionist handbook and it was phenomenal and so Craig was getting love in in the press so you know he started pushing uh Will Will Bear and uh Kiss Me Judas and Penny Dreadful and and Will was working on Hell's Half Acre at the time or it was done and he was trying to find a publisher for it so you know I was reading these books and reviewing them on Fancy Pants and somehow it my reviews had caught the attention of the publisher, uh, McAdam Cage, who mm -hmm. had published Clevenger and were thinking about picking up Bear. Um, they were, uh, they had published, um, 
Michael Kuhn or Kahn. I'm not 100% on how to pronounce his last name, but he wrote uh, The Locklear Letters and You Poor Monster, which are both phenomenal and hysterical. Uh, if you haven't read The Locklear Letters, it is the fastest, funniest thing you will ever read in the history of time. So somehow the publisher found Fancy Pants. I don't know why. I don't know how. It, there, this was pre-Facebook. There was no advertising. It was a $16 amount, uh, $16 a month subscription that I was paying just for the web space and the name and and there was no advertising because I worked in a video store for a low, low amount of money. It was like a, it wasn't even a blockbuster. It was like a mom and pop shop. And um, they saw down Periscope and they loved it and they reached out to me and they started sending me books and, and, and all this. And they were like, oh, we're starting a website kind of like the cult or, and, and we're going to call it the Velvet. I believe is kind of how it went and um, you know they got some of the people from the cult to kind of get behind it and and help develop it to get it off the ground and and I was there the first day I signed up the first day um, Wow you were was, in on the ground floor huh yeah I was there the first day and uh, I was a member for a couple years and then um, I eventually became a moderator and that's kind of where I'm at right now. Your story is being published alongside um, Craig Clevenger and Stephen Graham Jones. Um, how is that for you? Is that intimidating or is that just a good big ego boost or how does that work for you? Um, I feel I feel like I locked into it, honestly. Um, it's neither a boost nor is it uh, intimidating. I, I feel like... I feel like I found the golden ticket, honestly. Um, I've looked to, up to the two of them for years now. I've worked to help promote them um, with what little free time I have uh, as much as I possibly could. Um, Any time that Craig has come to uh, read on the East Coast, both in Philly and New York, I've been there. It's, it's an honor. It's, it's incredible. I guess. Yeah, I, I feel like I've won the lottery. Um, <laughs> Great. Um, so in addition to your contribution, Inside Out, uh, to the anthology, you did other work on it as well. Can you tell us what you did? Um, I, I, I essentially harassed the editor on a daily basis, <laughs> you know, begging her, what, what can I do to help put this out it wasn't so much I didn't think it was going to come out it was just I want it in my hands and I want it right now (laughs) what can I do to make that happen faster Um, so I guess I bugged her enough to where she was sending me the stories and bits and pieces well not the stories and bits and pieces but the book and bits and pieces uh, just to copy edit it just to look for punctuation problems spelling mistakes uh, I wasn't rearranging stories in in any fashion I wasn't taking an entire paragraph and moving it around or whatever I was just making sure that that's a period that's a comma those are quotation marks that's an ellipsis even though nobody should be using them because that's piss poor writing <laughs> Um, things in parentheses are right out and and you know that's and I'm pointing at the wall like anybody can fucking see what I'm saying 
Anyway, um, and I actually, uh, she says I ended up doing like 80% of the book. So, yeah, that's, that's what I did with that. Um, I saw various versions of the, of the cover and gave input on that. Yeah, you were a big behind the scenes man. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't want to like take all the credit. Uh, you know, all the credit definitely goes to her. You know, she's she's dealt with us for months now, like a mom. That's that's kind of how I see her as a an incredibly hot mom. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. Um, we're just gonna skip over that whole that whole part. We'll just put in a little. We'll put a little picture of her in next to your interview, so people know what you're talking about. That's that's um, fine. So you got to read a lot of the stories. Have you gotten around to all of them yet? Um. No, I I have. Maybe I shouldn't say this. I have it. I have the entire project. Um, because I had done. I went to uh, a reading on Sunday. And uh, like a terrible writer, I had already deleted the story, so I kind of needed my story back so that uh, if if I needed to read it, if I could weasel my way into the readings on Sunday, I would have something to read and kind of help promote the book. So I had asked her for my story back, and she said, well, here's the whole thing. Good luck. Enjoy. You know, knock them dead. So I have it. I haven't read what I haven't gotten to yet. But, of course, I haven't read the the stuff that I'm really most looking forward to either. So I should probably get on that. Of what you've read so far, what's your favorite story? Oh, that's a yeah, really no, no pressure unf- at all. Yeah, that's that's an unfair question. That guy Sean Ferguson, his story is pretty slamming. <laughs> um, I hope he's single because I kind of want to do him. Outside of that, uh, the book ending stories are phenomenal. Uh, Axel's story and Chris Deal's story are are great. It, if if those two don't end up on par with Clevenger and Jones and the rest of them someday, uh, that'll be a an incredible crime against literature. Honestly, Nick Corpin's story is great. Um, and of course, Amanda Gowan. You can't not love that woman. Switching gears a little bit, and this is probably a little stick in the hornet's nest, but um, <laughs> <laughs> we we recently uh, on a on a on a recent episode, I talked at length about uh, a book called The Raw Shark Text, and you didn't seem like you <sighs> liked it that much. So uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, what yeah. what is it about it that that you didn't like? Um, I don't like it for the same reason that I hate the X-Men. Elaborate. That doesn't affect either of you in in any way? (laughs) I'm not a big comic book guy, so it doesn't bother me that much. Okay, alright. Um, it, it just seems like cheating to me. For instance... Let's say the X-Men are fighting so-and-so, and and so-and-so is winning, and then out of nowhere comes a a superhero with the powers that are are needed to exactly defeat the the villain in exactly the right way. It's it's Mm. almost entirely too convenient for me. it, It just seems like cheating to me. Like... 
that's why I think Batman's the best superhero because he has no superpowers. He's using his mind and his gadgets and his ingenuity to to win. It just it it doesn't seem fair, and and I rem- it's been years since I've read that book, so bear with me a minute because this <laughs> metaphor has gotten way out of hand. <laughs> from what I remember, I just re- and I read it from start to finish. I just remember thinking, well, here's an interesting situation. Let's see how he gets out of it, and then he gets out of it by finding the secret door and going down a tunnel and I'm just like wow that door was incredibly convenient and total bullshit <laughs> and, and it just I, I that sort of thing doesn't really appeal to me so it wasn't necessarily Sorry. the writing quality it was the structure or the, the what he used to it wasn't the quality of the writing it was it was the, the narrative okay. I guess alright so we just talked about a book you hate give us what your one favorite book is oh fuck um <laughs> livius gives all the rough questions i take the i take the softballs just one i only get one yeah you know here's the problem we've had a few authors on and we ask for one of something and we usually get a list of like <laughs> seven or eight or twelve so we have to, to narrow it down to just one and put you right on the spot okay right in the um, hot seat torture the artist by joey gobel Eddie's Eddie's gonna shake his fist at me because he he's not real fond of Joey Goble, but whatever. Sorry, Eddie. It's <laughs> yeah, it's it's torture the artist for sure. Uh, going back to a little bit about your personal writing style and everything, um, <clears throat> what are some of your biggest writing influences personally? Is it too cliche to say life? Is not that at all. a hor- That's a horrible answer. I hate that answer. <laughs> I don't know. I I try not to read while I'm writing a whole lot because I, I I'm I feel like I'm a sponge. So like for when I started out writing, everything was minimalist and broken sentences, and then there was that chorus repeat chorus thing that was going on in, in Chuck's writing so much. And then I read things from like uh, Jeffrey Lent and Cormac McCarthy, and my and my sentences were getting longer and. And because of Lent, they were getting more poetic, and and I so I'm trying not to read while I'm working on something longer. I try not to read while I'm working on anything. Period. Just so I'm not repeating exactly what it is that I'm writing. But I I try and pull from from life as much as I possibly can. Right now, I have a short story that's actually pretty personal that I've uh, I've been going back and forth with whether or not I want it published it's actually sitting um, with a website right now and, and I've had to write them numerous times publish it don't publish it publish it don't publish <laughs> it because it's it's so incredibly personal that um, I don't know it kind of makes me uncomfortable a little bit going back to the craft of writing a little bit you said earlier that um it sounded like you were really uh, angry at parentheses. What's what's up with the parentheses? Oh, and I use parentheses a lot in text messages and on message boards and whatever. It but writing is is different. It, it you know a narrative a story is different because if you can't say it in the narrative. 
it's almost like an aside, I guess, what mm-hmm. you're putting in in the parentheses. If you can't put that in the story, get it out. It's unnecessary. You're wasting my time. That's fair. I happened to, in my writing, use lots of parentheses, so I felt... I was like, oh, no. <laughs> well, and, and and what's really frustrating is often what ends up in parentheses are really, like, valuable words... Uh, for instance, a, a story I read earlier today from um, Amanda Gallen, she had a uh, set of parentheses in there, and um, I was like, get rid of the parentheses, but what's in those parentheses, rework it somewhere, because those words are phenomenal. That makes sense. All right, so I don't I don't feel as bad now. I thought you were just attacking the idea of parentheses in general, but that makes a lot of more sense. It's uh, So you, you're basically saying don't devalue them by putting in parentheses like the words that are in right. there. Right. If you could give us one author you'd like to see us review or interview here on book two, would it be? One? Yeah. Just <laughs> the one. You suck. I'm, I'm shaking my fist at you. Uh, one. Damn. I don't know. A one. <laughs> All right, so we can take it in a different direction. Um, okay. Instead of giving us uh, an author to, like, like Livia said, um, excluding possibly Warmed and Bound, uh, what's a what's an author that you're reading right now, or who are you excited about right now? Um, right now I'm reading, um, and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of his name, Jesus Angel Garcia. He was at the two readings that I went to earlier this week with Nick. Um, he wrote a book called Bad, Bad, Bad. I'm about halfway through that. That's um, It's actually really good. And alongside of the book, there's a DVD and a, and a soundtrack to it. Those I didn't get because I'm poor. Um, <laughs> but the, bo- the book itself is, is actually really good. And, and his performance is not something I can describe. It's actually something that really you need to behold and, and actually witness for yourself. He doesn't actually read. He he tells the story from memory, word for word. Wow. That's quite um, impressive. It, it, it is, and it's actually, it ends up being rather hysterical because he interjects later parts of the story into it Again, I don't I don't know how to describe it any other than any other way than um, the the butchering that I'm doing now. Um, so that's what I'm reading right now. That's actually I've I've heard there's another author, uh, San Francisco author named Peter Plate, and um, he has the ability to do that too, where he has almost entire novels in his you know in his mind, and and he would do readings and he would just recite them from memory. Um, which that's just incredible, and I, I can't even fathom. Uh, you know, I have a hard enough time asking you, remembering how the order of the words to ask you these questions, and so that is that is <laughs> remarkable for sure. How did your reading go over the weekend? Uh it was terrifying. <laughs> I, 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 one of my jobs, I talk for a living, but those that I'm talking to, I don't see face to face. So it's like right now, talking to you isn't the the worst thing I've ever done because I can't see you. Uh, I'm essentially talking to a hideous yellow wall. But um, standing up in front of these people, reading a story that I wrote myself, I actually ended up reading the story that I was talking about before that was incredibly personal. 
um, I couldn't look at them. It was terrifying. Uh, I've been in writers groups before in college, and um, it reminded me how horrible the, the beginning of those semesters were reading in front of people I've never met before. And as the semester progressed, it got easier, but it was um, it was terrifying. But in a good it's, way. Oh uh, yeah, I can't wait to do it again. I can't wait to finish what I'm writing now and and read that and see you know how people react. Uh, that reminds me actually kind of of in chats that you and I have had before the uh, you know weeks and stuff before the interview. Um, you mentioned an, an interesting process of of I guess drafts that you go through where you'll write something and then you'll hate it and burn it. <laughs> is that um, is that something that you? that you'd like to do or is it something you regret doing afterwards? Cause I can imagine that losing those words might be a little painful. I've lost everything that I've written in college and, and that bothers me because I, I feel like that was some of my best stuff. It was uh, really emotional and, and the, the professor that I had in college was a fin, a phenomenal influence. Um, and if I could find her, I would thank her because I think that she was she was great. So losing all of that work kind of, kind of hurts. But since then, destroying what I've written recently hasn't been really any great loss. I've tried numerous. I've had numerous attempts at a novel, and um, it's really no great loss because a couple of the times it's always the same novel and it always ends up being the same nonsense but like some of the shorts and some of the the poetry um at, at the time it actually kind of feels good destroying it because i've gotten it out of me and there it goes i don't need to see it anymore even if especially if it's not publishable or at least what i feel is publishable i i'm a terrible critic of of my own work um, that's why I'm amazed that uh, I've published anything because if I had it my way, nothing would get published. But uh, I have people that kind of push me and say, oh, this needs to be seen by somebody other than your digestive system. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about what you're currently working on? Um, right now, I'm working on a, a short story. Uh, the working title is The Trees Are Cursed. Uh, which is pretty weak title. It's uh, about a it's about a tree, kind of local to my area, um, and it's uh, not a trademark. What's the word I'm looking for? Landmark. Landmark. Thank you. I no. use words sometimes professionally, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's it's kind of a landmark, and and there's a legend to it that it's cursed. Um, from the, it was given to the white people from the Native Americans that bought the land, and it's it's supposedly cursed and whatever. Yet we hold it dear because white people are awesome, and it was a gift to us for being so cool. So it's it's a story that kind of revolves around that. And then uh, I'm also working on what was originally intended to be a short story that kind of seems like like it's grown into something else i don't know if it's going to be like a, a novella or a full-blown book or whatever but uh, i 
don't really want to talk about that because um, the premise I feel like is is pretty clever without being cute. At least I hope it's not. Oh, you may have mentioned this uh, in chats with me before, and I'm very curious about it, but I won't say anything about it. You okay. gotta watch. You gotta watch Rob too. He is, uh, and I don't think we mentioned this on the show before. He has twice um, given me a idea or something that he has written or planned to write that's very clever. Mm-hmm. And before he ever gets around to it, somebody else does it. Oh, yeah. Oh. So it's like, yeah. He's actually had his thoughts stolen before. So be careful. I don't know if he has the ability to do that to others, but if anyone can, it would probably be Rob. <laughs> Superman was my idea, and then it happened like decades before I was born. <laughs> can I can I share with him what one of them was? Because I really, really liked it. And then I saw there was a graphic novel yeah. about it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It was um <laughs> it was uh, Pinocchio fighting vampires. So you think about something that's really kind of out there, and oh. it turns out that months and months after he told me this, I was online and found a new release graphic novel, and that was the premise. Pinocchio fighting vampires. It was yep. heartbreaking to see that. And um, so, what was he using like his nose to pierce their heart? Yep, it's brilliant. So like he he'd stand there and like lie to them. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's actually pretty good. I like that. I'll uh, I'll send you. I wrote. Probably just like the first two pages of like the, you know, it's like the beginning of this short story. And I think it's pretty clever. I'll send it to you and you can laugh at it. That's that's actually kind of a, I don't know what the word is. God damn it. What's the matter with me? It's been a long day. <laughs> but like all he wants to do is be a real boy and all they want to do is be real people. Ah, there's, ah. there's levels. There's levels of, uh, of yes. meaning. Yes. <laughs> so yes, I'm cursed. Every good idea I have, I find out someone else has done it. Uh, mere months before well then i'm not telling you mine because i think the idea is just too good uh, i think it's a really good idea <laughs> well i can just wait and read it when it's when it's finished okay okay uh before we get to kind of some of our more wrap-up questions is there anything else that you'd like to plug or talk about well i'm sure the velvet's been covered to death uh, i have my own website that i kind of put thoughts and reviews and and whatever on i've been plugging you know warmed and bound on it and whatever sean p ferguson.com that's s-e-a-n-p-f-e-r-g-u-s-o-n.com and then my friend's website by the way to be clear i am not not italicized bold underlined i am not morning goats m-o-u-r-n-i-n-g-g-o-a-t-s.com i am not morning goats Everyone seems to think that I am, but it's not me. I'm not the one. I wish I were, but uh, it's not. It's not me. Hey, Rob, are you doing the same thing I'm doing? Or are you looking it up right now? No, I was just thinking about. Are you serious? You guys haven't <laughs> like you haven't been to Morning Goats before? No. Oh. I've seen the name mentioned, but I haven't. It's been very busy for us lately, so I haven't had the chance to look at it. You're both fired. Fired from our own podcast, Livius. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so me and Stephen Hall are going to take over. <laughs> if if that's what it took to get Stephen Hall on here to rebuke yeah. your review of his book, then I think I am willing to be fired to do it. Yeah, if it ends up, yeah, you have to square off with him. That's fine. Uh, oh, if you could do that, that would be fantastic. I would read the book again. I would read it again and have a showdown. You make it happen, I'll read it again. Write that down. Well, we will see what we can do. <laughs> I'm so. taking a drink. <laughs> Sorry, like in honor of, or it's just hysterical. No, because um, I I was thirsty. 
Gotcha. So you mentioned you do reviews on your uh, on your website. Uh, quickly tell people what kind of reviews they can find there. Um, books and music. So okay, that? On, on that note, on that <laughs> note, what is the best new CD release this week? This week, uh, I don't know. I don't know what came out this week. I only ha I only did um, two music CDs since I started this website, and it was um, I did. Uh, it was earlier this month. It was, um, or maybe it was the end of June. I think it was the end of June. It was Taking Back Sunday and Limp Bizkit's new CD. Wow, we, we, what a pile we, of we, shit we, that is. We may trim that out. <laughs> I was totally, I was totally fishing for Damnesia just because Rob's not a trio fan. So. Oh no, I haven't gotten to that. I, I, ha I mean, I've listened to it twice, but I, I haven't gotten to review it yet. It's Alkaline Trio with acoustic guitars. You can't really go wrong. I mean, they could sit there and fart into music, in, into microphones, and I'd buy it. I'd buy two copies. Well, that's a how's, how's that for a review? <laughs> that's a ringing endorsement. That is pretty <laughs> awesome. I will say I've seen I've seen Dan Andriano solo a couple times uh, acoustic, and it's a pretty fantastic show. I've seen Alkaline Trio maybe like five times, and it's all thanks to uh, Laura Conrad and Zach English, neither of which you know, but I just wanted to say what up. <laughs> Name dropping like it's my job. <laughs> hey, Sean, tell people where they can get a hold of you online. Um, I'm on Twitter. It's um, F-E-R-G-H-0-V-A. I'm on Facebook and I just signed up for Google Plus. I don't really get the point of that yet. I don't know. I don't know. People are, oh, it's going to kill Facebook. Uh, I don't see it, <laughs> but there's like five people on it, so I don't know. Maybe when it gets more populated. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, outside of that, the Velvet, I'm there. And uh, my website, I'm there. There you go. And we'll have links to Sean's website up on our page as soon as this yes. interview goes up. Sean, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us tonight. Um, thank you for everything that you're doing to uh, help promote the book. It's our pleasure. It's a it's a really great collection of stories. And uh, again, just really glad we could have you on. Thanks a lot. Oh Well, the pleasure is all yours. <laughs> You can keep up with what Sean is doing at his blog, seanpferguson.com, and you'll certainly want to read his story Inside Out, which will be available in the Warmed and Bound anthology, which is out in just three days, July 22nd. All right, and a couple ways you can get in touch with us. We're on Twitter, at Booked Podcast, or we're also on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash bookedpodcast. Uh, that'll just about do it for this episode of Booked. I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snedden. Don't forget to come back tomorrow for another Warmed and Bound session. Waking up, aggravated, stupid shit, man, I hate it. Bitches lying, bitches crying, suicidal, getting lined. Getting mine, bouncing freaks, losing sleep, counting sheep. Absolute cash and loot, men in black, packing heat. Born and blazing, rotten, raising fingers up. Time to wave them, show these players playing that they better get their ass to praying. They won't be nothing but dice after the cutting. I'm cutting them like a fish, they gonna wish they never push my button.